Hello, and welcome to podcast number one of The Happiest Plate on Earth. I'm Christy. And I'm Danae. And we are happy to have you join us today as we talk about one of our favorite things. And we hope yours. Disney food. So pull up a chair and let's get started. for joining us for our inaugural show. We have talked a long time about creating a show that featured food and specifically Disney food. We love to travel Disney properties and especially eating the food. From Mickey pretzels with my favorite plastic cheese to my favorite flavors of a churro and fine dining experiences that Disney offers. It's always so good. So why don't we give a little background about ourselves and how we came to enjoy cooking and also the magic of Disney dining. Danae, so why don't you give us a little bit of information about how you came to love cooking and Disney? As a kid, I remember all the women in my family helping make Sunday dinner and special holiday dinners when my grandmother, of course, would allow it. All my aunts and girl cousins would help with Christmas baking, and usually the little ones didn't participate much, but we got to watch. When I figured out that I could do all things they were doing, I started. I'll be honest, I wasn't the best baker because that required patience, and I certainly did not have that. (laughs) No, still doesn't. Sorry. I went to culinary school, and my knowledge of food, styles of cooking, and what I could do improved significantly, but the patience of baking... Uh, not so much. Mm. My first Disney adventure with Christy was back in 2012, and I was just blown away by Disney dining. I thought from my previous trip as a high school student that there were only hot dogs, chicken nuggets, french fries, and ice cream galore. To my amazement, there was so much more, and that was when Citricos, when we went to Citricos and had the meal that honestly blew my mind, and it was at Disney. It was very good. So the journey began, and every time we have gone since has gotten better and better. That's very true. So you said that she went to culinary school, so what schools did you go to? Um, So I first went to a community college in Delaware um, and got my first part of my degree, and then I went to Paul Smith College in upstate New York um, and finished my culinary arts degree there. So that's like the frozen tundra up there, right? It is literally the frozen tundra. It's Mm. terrible. Too cold for me. (laughs) Yep. Beautiful place. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It is beautiful, but too cold. So uh, myself, uh, I grew up in a kitchen watching my grandmother and my mom cook. So that was always very educational and most of the time could be hilarious. There was the one time that my grandmother, I call her Ga, threw a cake in the sink because she didn't like the way that it looked. Not the way that it tasted, but the way that it looked. And I also heard my mom say the first really bad word, the expletive, uh, when she went outside after she put a cake in the car and found out that the dog had eaten it. Christy, so you've experienced that before. Yeah, I have too. <laughs> it must be a generational thing. I don't know. So um, I like to think of myself as being trained by apron strings. And I can remember that my first cookbook was a Holly Hobby. And that dates me as far as what my age is. But I can remember making some really good brownies and cookies from that book. So cooking, uh, especially baking, has always been something that I enjoyed. And when I got the opportunity to do it professionally, I jumped right in. And she crushed it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) One of the main reasons that we thought about doing this show is to inform you not only about the food, but also what is it, where does it come from, and how do you make it? So first, 
we want to issue a disclaimer for this show and all forthcoming shows that uh, palettes are like opinions. So everybody has one and they are different. I myself enjoy pretty much anything chocolate, chocolate chips. I like bone marrow, which is like butter when you spread it on a nice piece of hearty bread and all things that eggs make. Scrambled eggs, omelets, crepes, all of that stuff. So, Danae, how do you feel about my foods? I cannot stand chocolate chips. (laughs) See, something's wrong with her. (laughs) I also do not like the texture of eggs, so most egg things I do not choose to eat. (laughs) I get all those, so I just eat all the French toast and she doesn't. That's fine. But I do like cruciferous vegetables, so like broccoli, broccolini, broccoli raw, Brussels sprouts, but only when they're roasted, Mm. salmon, and all kinds of different ice creams. Yeah, see there, I don't like pretty much all of those, and I'm not (laughs) a fan of ice cream. It's not that I don't like ice cream, it's just not my go-to thing. So, yeah, and I know this is probably going to shock a lot of Disney fans, (laughs) and I think you feel the same way as I do, that... We don't really like Dole Whips. No, they're terrible. Please don't stop (laughs) listening just because of that. We're sorry. We're sorry. You know, like we said, everybody palate is different. So everybody likes different things. And, well, you know, you think about it. Can you imagine what the world would be like if everybody liked the exact same things? Not great. Not great. I think it'd be pretty boring. So when we talk about Disney food, we will tell you if it is something that we like but we'll also tell you if it's something that might suit a different type of palate. Okay, enough about us. We are really here to talk about the food. The food! So, Danae and I recently returned from a trip to Disney for food and wine. Uh, We went down in late September. We stayed at the Beach Club. We really chose that one because of its great location being so close to Epcot. The weather was hot, which is no surprise because it is Florida. And the crowds were really manageable. I I thought that they were great. We really didn't stand in line for food much at all. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And this year actually was probably one of my favorite years of food and wine. Um, I really felt like the food this year was a million times better than the very first time that I actually got to do it. Um, it might be a palate change. It may just be true. a growing That's very up true. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it was really exciting when we went to each one of the stands mm-hmm. and got to experience the different foods. Of course, we had a few that weren't great, but I would say 90% of the yeah. foods that we tried, we really, really loved. Right. And of course, we were not able to try all of the foods. One, because that does add up. You know, it does take yes, a lot of money does. out of your wallet. <laughs> but so we kind of concentrated on things that we thought that we would enjoy. Um, so when we got there, we, of course, went at Rope Drop, and the food isn't open yet, so we did our favorite rides and things like that. But we also went over to the Food and Wine Pavilion, where the main things are, as far as like the items and things that you can buy. And we saw that they had the mimosa bar, the and that best. was open. Because <laughs> we feel like maybe it was too early for wine, but it wasn't too early for mimosas. So Absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. I started with the Key Lime Mimosa, which had... Key lime, sparkling wine, and cranberry juice, which I thought was very good. It was it had a good balance of sweet and the tart, so um, I enjoyed it. I got to actually have the blood orange mimosa, which had blood orange juice and wine in it, of course. Um, not the best, but not terrible. It right. tasted like a normal mimosa, right. um, but I do really love blood oranges, so when they're mm-hmm. in season, it's like the perfect kind of juice right. to put into a mimosa. Yeah, it is very good. Um, So then after we um, were in having mimosas, we decided it was time for 
us to go and eat something. Um, and so we headed over to Coastal Eats, mm-hmm. um, and we got to have the baked shrimp scampi dip um, with sourdough baguettes. Um, such a good dish. However, the garlic on your breath right. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of covering of our mouth when we went into like the shops and things because yes. you just had garlic breath after. Yeah, that was a lot of garlic. <laughs> but I mean, that's what that's shrimp it. scampi is that for. Is scampi, it just had yeah. a lot of garlic. So yeah, you kind of have to balance that out. Yeah. <laughs> so then we walked over to um, the cheese studio where we got the braised beef stroganoff with tiny egg noodles wild mushroom and borsan garlic with fine herbs and cheese sauce. So when we ate it, it was really good. The stroganoff was good. The meat kind of fell apart. It tasted great. I did notice that they called it tiny egg noodles. And I felt that it was more spetzel-like, which is, uh, you know, it's it's delicious. (laughs) And I guess maybe they just didn't name it that because a lot of people weren't familiar with it. But, you know, spetzel is basically, it's just a, a pasta dough that, you just drop into the hot water, boiling water, and they have a. You can use like a cheese grater or something, so it makes this really cool textured pasta. So um, really I liked good. it. It was really good. It's awesome. And then we walked over to Active Eats because we both wanted to try the two different types of burgers that they have there. So I ordered the Steakhouse Blended Burger, which is blended beef, wild mushroom slider with brie cheese fondue, arugula, truffle, and a blue cheese potato chip. So I tasted pretty much everything. I didn't taste a lot of the truffle. Which is good because I think sometimes too much truffle will overpower all of the rest of the flavors in the burger. So, But the rest of it I thought was good. I really enjoyed it and I could taste that blue cheese potato chip. So it was a good burger. Awesome. The um, Impossible Burger, which everybody is like losing their yeah, minds about are. right now. Right. Um, it was pretty good. Yeah. It definitely doesn't taste like meat, but... But it was good. Yes. It was a really good burger. Um, but Impossible Meat is actually a wheat protein um, and potato protein um, that delivers this type of meaty meaty taste right. or texture, I guess you could say. Um, and they use like these different um, types of molecular... I guess you could say it's molecular gastronomy in yeah. some ways. But they're getting a little um, crazy. And they use... It's called Hemi. Um, so this molecule is a uh, essential part of every living thing on our planet and animals alike. It's found in exceptionally high concentrations in meat for animals, um, which gives you that meaty taste. Um, the fats that they use are coconut oil and a dash of soy. Mm. Um, the binder to actually get it to come together um, is called cognac and not the um, liqueur <laughs> not the liqueur it's spelled with a k k-o-n-j-a-c right um and they also use xanthum well xanthum is actually a vegan substitute right. for gelatin so for those of you that are vegan it's a perfect burger for you um because it gives you a little bit of that texture mm-hmm. and might make you feel like you're kind of in the in crowd because right. you get to eat a meat yay and i think the the cognac does the same thing as xanthan gum, which is mm-hmm. really cool. I mean, it's it, I'm glad that they're finding um, and using. I know that a lot of these things have been used in Asian cooking for a long time, but that they're using these now uh, to make vegan options and vegetarian options that really taste good. I mean, we've come a long way from those yeah. really yucky tofu burgers. <laughs> <Not> good stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, it's great. So then we... Um, 
after we walked a little further around, we kind of walked over towards Ireland, which is always one of my favorite booths. I was really looking forward to getting that Guinness Stout shake. <laughs> but then I saw the price, so I backed off and I just stuck with my water. But we did happen to eat the warm Irish cheddar cheese and stout dip with Irish brown bread. And I have to say that I thought it was delicious. I could use more bread. Yes. Well, yeah, they don't give you a lot of bread. But so if you went and bought like a Mickey pretzel and then you could take that and perfect. it'd be perfect because we did have a lot left over. But I enjoyed that. So and then um, we're not going in order. I think we're just going in order of the pictures, but that's OK. <laughs> it's all kind of convoluted. But so the next one we are going to talk about is Spain. And I was looking forward to Spain because I enjoy charcuterie. And this was kind of like our charcuterie board, but in a cone. So they had Spanish meats, cheese, and olives with the herb vinaigrette. I really liked this. And I really liked it because there were a lot of olives. And I love <laughs> olives. I not love. Not. I shouldn't say love. <laughs> I try to reserve love for really important things in my life. So I really enjoyed those olives. Yeah, yeah, you're making meat, that face. The meat and cheese right. is my favorite. I don't really love the olives as much. Which is great for me, because then I get to eat them all. <laughs> um, so then we actually, we went to another stand. So we went to Brazil. Brazil! Um, and we got to have the Brazilian cheese bread. You're not going to say um, the Brazilian Yeah, I don't even know. Pedro? Dequeo? Dequeo? Pedro? We're going to go with that. <laughs> um, well, this was really good. Yeah. It was... A little weird when you first bite right. into it because you're expecting like a piece of bread that has cheese in it, but it truly is like this like crusted over cheese. Like mm -hmm. it, it's such a crazy like texture, but it was very very good. It is great. Um, they give you a good size portion. Yep. I mean, for mm -hmm. two people, we each got a little right. like bread bun, which I would say it was the size of like a table roll. Like right. it, was, it, was, it was. It was great. It was nice. And that is, I think we should also mention that is we did share almost everything, and I feel like the portions um, they're actually very shareable. So that way you could kind of you get what you want, and then and you can share, and it all yeah. kind of works out. That was great. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. absolutely great. Um, then the year, so I guess in 2012, no, 2015, 15, I think in yeah. 2015 we went um, and did food and wine as well. Um, and we actually had the crispy pork belly then, mm. um, with the black beans right. and tomatoes and onions. Um, it was really, really good. It's very um, good. Pork it, belly yeah. is like the best and only in small portions. So it was perfect yes. to have it right. in this little portion. Um, and it's, I mean, it's bacon, but it's been unsliced and it's right. been uncured and it's, it's all these different things mm -hmm. that just make up this like really good like tender juicy fatty piece yeah it's delicious and, and i think that pork belly is one of those polarizing objects you either really like it mm -hmm. or you're gonna stay far away from it yeah. so yeah. uh i happen to really like it i love it <laughs> so then we um we had we went to china as well and we tried the xi'an pancake with beef so the pancake was delicious it had scallions garlic you could really taste that sesame oil in the batter and the beef was pretty good. It was tender. It was I enjoyed so it. Good. Yeah. yeah, and that was one that you really were looking forward to trying. Yeah, I was so excited for that. And I will say that honestly was big enough for mm -hmm. you to share with oh multiple people if you yeah. wanted. Like it was honestly like a little appetizer yes. size. Mm -hmm. um, it was very. Good. There's a little bit of spice to the beef, which made it like that much mm -hmm. better. Um, but I really, really enjoyed that. Right, I did too. I, you know, I think that. Um, 
just trying those different types of foods that you're really not exposed to. Because I didn't feel like that was a traditional. When you go to a Chinese restaurant, you always you stick to what is really known as American Chinese food. Lo mein. So, yeah, that's right. Lo mein, and things like that. But so I, you know, it was great to have that option and I really enjoyed it. So we also had to go and we really needed to try a funnel cake, even though they're there all the time and we have them almost every trip. You just need to taste test the quality of the funnel cake. Absolutely. I will say we did not get the heaping glob of maple (laughs) ice cream because that was just too much. And me not being a big ice cream fan. So we just opted for the traditional one and it, as always, is delicious. So... We thought we'd tell you a little bit about the funnel cake and where it actually came from. And so a lot of the food history uh, that has to do with funnel cake can be traced back for centuries. So even earlier, if you consider the fact that people across Asia and Europe have been consuming fried dough since medieval times. During that dreary period of history, people would make like sweet fritter cakes by pouring yeasty batter through bowls with small holes in the bottom, and then they doused it with some sort of sugary syrup that they had on hand. You can even find in some medieval cookbooks the recipe called mincebeck, which is likely uh, something very closely associated to the French uh, phrase that's misenbeck. So that loosely kind of translates to put in a spout, and that's exactly what you get when you do a funnel cake. You pour it in the spout and pour it in that hot oil. So the modern incarnation of that funnel cake was deeply and still is rooted in American culture. So the Pennsylvania Dutch is the, are the people that we have to thank for that. That's me. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so in the 17th and 18th centuries, the German-speaking immigrants made a dessert called Drexterkusch which is a variation of trichter. So I'm going to apologize. I do not have a very good German-speaking <laughs> accent pronunciation. I can sing Silent Night in German, but that's about it. <laughs> so, but anyway, trichter is the German word for funnel. So the name of these treats is derived from that use of the equipment and the technique that they made them. So these fried cakes were immensely popular in the local community, and as we can all attest to has gone all the way across the country. And they are mm. so delicious. They are delicious. I always look forward to it whenever we go to a carnival oh, or any of those yeah. types of things. It's like the first thing yeah. that I want to go Hands get. Hands down funnel cake over <laughs> any sort of fried cookie yeah. or cookie candy bar. And they have to make them fresh, yes. so they're always hot and they're always really good. Worth the wait. Yes, absolutely. Um, so once we moved on, um, we actually we went to Japan um, and we had the teriyaki uh, chicken bun. Um, which is a steam bun that's mm-hmm. been filled with chicken. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I had never had one before. Right. I felt like it was a little sweet. It was um, very sweet. Which I was a little surprised. Yeah. I know like teriyaki can be sweet, mm-hmm. but I like wasn't expecting it to be that sweet. But it was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely would, would try it again. Yeah. I like the consistency of that bun. And I had looked into how they made it. And it's they use flour. And they also use cake flour, too. So I guess it really plays into why it has that consistency so i liked it yeah i definitely i've been trying to figure out how to make steam buns um and i really like am like yeah i'm gonna do it one day but there's so much right so much to it to actually do it that i'm like okay probably never gonna happen i think that's the one kitchen gadget that we don't have is a steamer that is true. Don't have a I borrowed steamer. one the last right. time. Yep. Mm, yeah, I don't. Uh, might well, have you know to the be rule, an investment. Well, the rule is if we bring something in, we have to. Something's something has to go, go out. So that's <laughs> going to be tough. So we continued on uh, to Morocco, where we had the hummus fries with cucumbers, tomato, onions, and tzatziki sauce. And uh, I really like hummus. It's delicious. <laughs> it's one of my favorite dips. 
And so the tzatziki sauce is equally as good. And you make that with some yogurt, so cucumber, garlic, oil, lemon, and dill. And the hummus is basically it's chickpeas, also known as garbanzo beans, tahini, cumin, uh, lemon juice, some salt, garlic, and hot sauce to taste. So the way that they did that is they had the hummus and they added chickpea flour to make it the consistency to drop it in and deep fry it. These were not my favorite. No, the texture was really weird and it was warm. So that made it even worse. It was strange. Yeah, because usually for me, I have hummus, it's either cold or it's room temperature. And I don't actually eat hummus. I like black bean hummus, so that's Mm, that's probably the only hummus that I really love. So I was trying it just to try Mm it. Yeah, I think that, well, personally, I think you can make hummus, just use that word, but really with any of those beans, like with black beans, and I know that we've also, we've done it with uh, black-eyed peas, and it was good. Yeah, it's delicious. It definitely is a really great thing, but hot, probably not the best. Maybe maybe we should just try it again, (laughs) because who knows? Maybe it'll change something. Right. Um, we also, we ended up getting to go to Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and Germany is always great. You always it's, have yeah. something really good. Um, but we had a pasta dish Say that it. was called <laughs> chicken noodling. <laughs> oh, your Dutch ancestors, Pennsylvania Dutch would be so proud. I'm doing so well. Um, but it's like gratin um, right. pasta. And I thought when we first had it that it was potatoes. We right. like completely were it like, really no, does. it's got to be potatoes. Um, but it's not. It's actually a pasta gratin that has ham and onion and cheese in it. Um, really, really good. Um, probably, I don't, it, it's just one of those things that you really enjoy I, just eating. And I feel like you have it at Thanksgiving, you have it all mm-hmm. these different things. Um, and I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think ham, onions, and cheese is a great trifecta of foods. They and go together so broccoli, well. broccoli. No, you don't have broccoli. <laughs> I Why do you broccoli. have to do that? Why do you have to ruin things that are so good? I love it. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Belgium was also on our list to partake of. So this time we had the Belgian waffle with warm chocolate ganache and whipped cream. So the difference between a Belgian waffle and you say your traditional American waffle is that the Belgian waffles are a yeast based. And sometimes I know people actually add that pearl sugar, which are little teeny tiny, um, smaller than regular granulated sugar, but little pearls. That's what they look like into the batter, which makes it exceptionally sweet. Sometimes they do leave the batter out overnight to increase the yeast production. And that's why those Belgian waffles are so light and fluffy. I did like this one, but in the previous years, we have had the same waffle, but with the berry compote on top. And I actually preferred the berry. I felt like maybe the chocolate ganache to me was just Hershey syrup. I believe that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely, I did enjoy the berry one mm-hmm. much more. I felt like this was just kind of like plain Jane. Yeah. A little bit of chocolate syrup right. on and top. Right, and let's just throw some whipped cream. But I mean, the waffle itself is yeah, always very good. waffles are always really good. Very good. France is such a fun place oh, to it go. Is. Um, we, we always go and you look around and you think, oh, I'm going to drink something in it. But the one time we actually decided to try escargot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never had it before. Um, Christy, have you? I did. I had then? had it before. Um, and it ended up being really yes. good. It was not what I expected. It was very like buttery. Um, all mm-hmm. the garlic and parsley added in there. It wasn't like eating some slimy thing. Right. Um, I assume that they probably chopped it up pretty well yeah. into the croissant. 
Um, and I really, I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, this time, I love elderflower. And yes. I don't know many people that love elderflower, but I love it. Like, yeah. I there's apple cider that I really like that mm-hmm. has it in there. There's hard apple cider that, it's just, it's one of my favorites. So they ended up having um, a St. Germain um, sparkling cur. Kier, maybe. Kier? Probably maybe Kier. Um, Don't know. But it had elderflower liqueur mm-hmm. in it. And when I'm watching them pour it, right. your <laughs> they eyes put got really so big. <laughs> of the wine and like jumped liqueur. And I was like, oh no. Um, but it was really good. I mean, it was very light. It was very. It was a good balance. It was a good, good. balance. Um, yeah. I didn't feel like there was a ton of elderflower mm-hmm. flavor to it, but it, it still tasted really, really good. Um, I definitely would try that again. I will say that was probably the cheapest wine right. that we found. Everything else was right. like you, crazy expensive. You wanted to try, was it over in the cheese studio yes, or somewhere? Yes, the cheese studio. They had the blueberry wine. Right. I think it was wine, mm-hmm. something like that. And it, I really wanted to try it. And then you look at the price and you're like, 10 bucks yeah. for like like three ounces. Exactly. Of, no. <laughs> now, we will also have to say that when we went, um, the prices that we're saying now actually are different because the day we left Disney did their increase in prices all over the park and also for food and wine. So when we say the price that we had paid, we have to apologize because I am not sure what they currently are. So they've definitely gone yeah. up, but we don't know what the, what the increase was. <laughs> yeah. But they did go up. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went over to Canada and we have tried the staple, which everybody loves. And this is great because you get the La Cellier wild mushroom beef filet mignon with the truffle butter sauce. And this is a way that you get to taste the food that they have in La Cellier without having to make a reservation. Um, I liked it. It's always good. The filet, even though you think about it sitting under that heat lamp for so long or when they're just holding it in a proof box... It still was really tender. Yeah, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, for me, if you add truffle and you add wild mushrooms, I'm going to eat <laughs> it's it. It's going to be great. No matter what. Yeah. Even beef. Like, if you right. add all those things together, I'm going to right. eat that no matter what. Yeah, you can take the cheapest <laughs> cut of beef, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, skirt steak or, Give you know, me London broil right. and shove those things on and it and gonna I'm going to eat delicious. it. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I really enjoyed, um, well, kind of enjoyed. We went to Test Track um, and we got to do, we got to try the right. croissant um, you donut. Mean taste we got track. To taste it. So it was so, it's always really good. Yes. However, it wasn't warm. No. I was expecting yes. this warm. Yeah. Cronut. Yep. And Ooh. it was it was not. It was no. cold. Um, but it was really good. Was, and I know yeah. some people really love mm-hmm. like putting ice cream on it and putting on but we just went plain Jane with it and had the we cinnamon did. sugar one. Um Cronuts really are literally you take a donut recipe and you take croissant yeah. recipes and you like combine them yeah, it's together. It's a great mashup. It's like mm-hmm. the best. You've got lots of buttery stuff and then you add sugar to it mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm good to go. Right. It's almost the same as a churro, but churros are still way better. Yes, they are your favorites. <laughs> I love them. So that was it. That was pretty much everything that we had experienced at this year's food and wine. We enjoyed it. It was a wonderful time. Uh, weren't pressured by the crowds or anything. And I think that that was probably a great time to go. It was. It was a lot of fun. And I didn't feel like we stood in line too long. Nope. Um, I will say we used a gift card this year um, right. for paying, mm-hmm. which is so much easier because once your gift card's out, your gift card's out. Right. So then you don't feel like 
oh man, I yes. like paid like hundreds of dollars yes. after already spending money at Disney. Like right. I, so it was really cool because it like just kept us like in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's we're using the gift card for this. You're using the gift card mm-hmm. for this, um, and, it's and that worked well. Much better than you know, and I think that myself and other people can attest that you make the mistake of knowing that you have a credit card attached to your magic band. And you're just like, boop, boop, let me put my <laughs> pin number in. Boop. And then all of a sudden you go to check out and you look at your portfolio and you think, oh my goodness, holy Crap. moly. And we really didn't try uh, very many of the the wine or the beer flights this time. I think for me personally, I felt like I wanted to concentrate more on the food. I do have a list of some of the beers and the wines. And, you know, if we can find them locally, I'll definitely try them. But for me, I wanted to concentrate more on the food. I enjoy wine and beer, but if given the option, would you rather spend the $10 on the beer or the Guinness shake? Or would you rather have two of an item of food and wine? Definitely was, let's just do the two Yeah, items. I definitely would pick yep. the food over the wine and yeah. beer. Well, we want to thank you very much for joining us today. We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. We want to remind you to please visit our website, which is happiestplate.com, where you can find our recent food and wine photos and also take the time to subscribe and you'll receive a copy of our 10 Disney dining tips. We also ask that you um, subscribe to our podcast. Um, Whatever format you found us Mm -hmm. on, um, we would love for you to be attached to that and get any of the latest podcasts um, directly delivered to you. Yes, please. So, as Remy from Ratatouille says, this much I know, if you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. And now it's closing time. Christy, how long till the next podcast? Two minutes, chef! The Happiest Plate on Earth is brought to you by Christy Rada of Dream Builders Travel Group, a Disney vacation specialist offering free concierge-level service, where every vacation is customized to you and your style of travel. If you are looking to create some magical memories at Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney, please reach out by visiting happiestplate.com and clicking on free quote. If you can dream it, you can do it. And always remember that this whole thing was started by a mouse.